0: And now,
1: weighing in, out of the blue corner,
0: John the Pong Thompson.
1: 100%. And on the other
0: mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. We're
1: going to run this Q&A for probably about an hour. Big John's on the East Coast, so it's getting a little late. You know, 78 years old. Uh, You know, bedtime.
0: I gained three years in three months. It's I don't think it was
1: I, yeah, probably a couple weeks, actually. Like you
0: know dog life. Man. Yeah, it's all
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh real quick though, I want to let you guys know. Uh prorestlingtees.com is where we have our weighing in shirts if you guys can. The there's a discount code. Uh it's called Madness, and it is twenty percent off our tees. If you guys go there now, use the code madness. You'll get twenty percent off our weighing in t shirts. I should start at midnight. It actually starts at midnight. My apologies. It may it be midnight. midnight my
2: time this is up, though.
1: Yeah, it might be. Okay. So, yeah. Does it starts that start at midnight. at
2: midnight my time, too? <laughs> as far as I know, ooh, yeah. Yeah, Probably Hello, ooh, East Coast time. Go, so right. then, okay, there we is go. Just a cool thing called the internet.
1: Yeah. ProWrestlingTees.com. Okay. Slash Josh Thompson. Official. Slash Josh Thompson official. Go to that website. Pick up uh, our Wayne in t-shirt. 20% off. Use the code MADNESS. We would appreciate it. I've had a bunch of people hit us up, thank, thankfully, and been like, hey, you work, I want to get it. Da, da, da. So, hey, just letting you guys know this this uh, discount code starts tonight at midnight. So, hopefully, that you guys way, when you walk
0: around with it, people will know that is an intelligent man. Yeah, <laughs> or woman. Very
1: true, very true. <laughs> and then also, do us this favor do us a favor when you get the t shirt, take a picture of yourself in it. Tag us oh, in yeah, it on Instagram it. or on Twitter, and we'll repost it for you, okay? We appreciate the support. We do. We Honestly, John and I really do. We truly appreciate it. And so much for podcast, Dave. No one really likes him. All right? uh, let's, I let's, like let's, you, Dave. Also,
2: <laughs>
1: hit the subscribe button on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. We're on Stitcher now, correct? Stitcher! There you go. So we're on all the platforms, all the important platforms. Go to all those platforms, hit the subscribe buttons, okay? YouTube, hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos to everyone out there. Just want to get that in before we get started on this Q&A. First question, podcast,
2: Dave. All right. First question is coming from Steven Johnson, and he asks, Hey, guys, I love this show. Where are your gems located?
1: You know, you have something coming up in Sacramento, um, right, for the for refs. Right? hell,
0: no, but no. go ahead and give them, give him the location of your gym, and I'll tell you what I got.
1: Okay, okay. So my gym is in San Jose, California, in the Bay Area, the most probably one of the most expensive places to live in the whole world. And it is. Um, yes, it is. I am at four four two four Pearl Avenue in San Jose, California, on the south side of San Jose, and uh, I own a fitness gym and a martial arts gym, and they are a little bit separate from each other. But they, I do kids martial arts, I do jiu-jitsu, kids uh, kickboxing, kids MMA, um, and I also do adult jiu-jitsu as well as adult kickboxing. And on the fitness side, we do HIT training, boot camp styles, and I do something called a, um, it is a rapid fire type class. We change the exercise every 20 seconds, and I do that for about 35 to 45 minutes. And you do a different exercise for 45 minutes every 20 seconds. That's what I call rapid fire. So those are my type of workouts that I do that have kind of got me through my fight training. I just made that into a gym, and I've had pretty good success with it. So,
0: I call that exhaustion.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Different exercise every 20 seconds. Come on, man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I need time to breathe.
1: Nah, that's that's for the week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I no longer have a gym since I moved. Got rid of the gym. Sold the gym. It's gone. But I still do uh, referee training courses. I do one a year. That is the command course that will be coming up international fight week in Vegas. I guess that's like July, second week of July now. So uh, if you uh, decide that you think you uh, can be better than the other people and you say, I want to be an MMA referee or I want to be an MMA judge, or you just want to learn more about the sport, go to MMA click on the links there. You can sign up for uh, the classes. It's a three-day course. It will be at Extreme Coutures in Las Vegas. And uh, it is not easy. If you think you're good at the sport, that's great. Very difficult to pass. But if you do pass it, we put your name out where you start to be able to work with amateur programs. We set you up in ways that you can start actually being part of the sport. So this is for referees, correct? referees and judges
1: and you've had how many fighters come through there and how many fighters now have officially made it past that
0: oh uh <laughs> fighters, fighters that people would know yes guys big name guys i've probably had about close to 100 and how many big name guys <laughs> after how many times Yeah, it doesn't matter <laughs>
1: i mean how many have finally got there
0: about maybe four or five did Shaolin do it through you? Did who? Shaolin. Ribeiro? Shaolin did not go through me. No. Okay. No. Uh, guys like you know Frank Trigg and um, James Lee. I'm trying to think. of, You know, I'm, I'm going blank here. Now I'm thinking. of I, I, I'm picturing guys' faces, but uh, a lot of guys from the early UFC. A lot of guys uh, that fought. You know, somewhere all the way up to about UFC 100. Because now you still, you know, guys are young. They're still trying to do stuff, but. Um, it's a it's a matter of you know Chris Lieben is a guy that I talk with a lot. He uh, he ended up going with uh, to herbs and uh, started doing that. He got scared of mine. He says he goes, "You fail too many people." Yeah. <laughs> so okay. that's a, you know that's 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 okay. It's all about learning and uh, understanding about the sport. And if you want to be an official, it's the way to start. You you get rid of a lot of the bad things first. You know, So since it's the the sport keeps getting more difficult, it's yeah. not as you know. The, the old UFC stuff is gone. Everyone's watching now, and anything you do, they're going to complain about it. So you got mag- to know
1: It's under a magnifying glass.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, good. Next question.
0: Yeah. Let's go.
2: go. I tried to keep us as fresh as possible for you guys. I know we've done this a few times in mm-hmm. some of the questions. So uh, this one comes from Jairo uh, Ruiz, and he asks, the craziest backstage brawl story you've both been a part of? Question mark. <laughs>
1: backstage can i brawl. list them <laughs> yeah you, you would probably have more than those than i would um
0: come on you haven't even had a backstage no brawl. no that's,
1: i have never been part it, of man. one and i've ne- honestly i've never seen one backstage
0: yeah yeah you know I've most never. of the time yeah and most of the time it's not backstage most of the time it's at. uh there used to be after parties at the old mm. ufc's there was after parties and you know I'll, I'll give you one backstage it wasn't a brawl but we were, we were in uh, Japan, and uh, Yoji Anju was a guy that uh, kind of got famous for challenging Hickson. Went to Hickson's school. There was a tape out there that uh, showed Hickson. Hickson had the, the copy of it. He w- wouldn't give it to people. But he uh, Anjo went to Hickson's school saying that he, you know, he wanted to fight Hickson. Hickson was at home. They called him. He comes in and says, we're going to get a tape. Whoever, whoever wins gets the tape. Well, we know who won. <laughs> so they had they had, a, they had a couple of pictures of Anjo lying on the ground in a pool of blood and stuff. But there was another guy that uh, had an uh, organization in Japan named Maeda, Akira Maeda, who had rings. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of rings, and he was a big-time pro wrestler also along with Anjo. And they didn't like each other. One time we were at a UFC, they're backstage, and all of a sudden I'm walking out and I see Anjo just cold cock my and hits him with a shot, cuts him over the eye, and I grab him, pick him up, and, you know, anjo off of him and pull him off because we, we don't need it. That's the whole thing. And, and uh, he just broke it up. It was a real simple thing. But Maeda was very nice to me, man. He actually sent me this really nice ceremonial robe and everything for taking care of him, helping him when uh, someone cold-cocked him when he wasn't expecting it. So, but I would say the, the best brawl there ever was Well, no, there are so many. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had one, one time it was, uh, (laughs) Valise male was, uh, he was chipping Mm -hmm. at tank Abbott during the party. And as he's chipping at tank Abbott and and Mark Coleman's there and, uh, they go and all of a sudden Valise throws a shot and and punches at tank and they're kind of going and then Mark Coleman goes crazy. So I, I pick up Mark and he's drunk. I mean, he's drunk. And I pick him up, and I carry him all the way to the wall, and I put him against the wall, and he's pushing off me and hitting me. He's let me go, let me go, all right. And I say, Mark, I can't let you go. I right? said, so you're the champ. I can't, I can't let you do this. You're going to get in trouble, right? And I'm holding him, right? And I'm thinking, this is a horrible position to be in. I got this great <laughs> goddamn wrestler who can beat my ass, and I'm holding him against the wall, and he's screaming. He's hitting me while they're fighting behind me, so. That's there was all so kinds funny. of things like that but it, good times
1: that's
2: hilarious
0: good times
1: next question
2: <clears throat> from ryan cairns nine who do you guys believe is a bellator goat
0: or i guess you could say pound for pound maybe as well no that's uh, easy
1: yeah for me it's patricio
0: yep yeah i mean who's yeah. done who's done the most who's been there the longest who's who's accomplished he's got the most more than anybody
1: most finishes most finishes most fights yeah two different yeah come on it's i mean and don't get me wrong lima's right there but he just hasn't got to what patricio's done because he's the champ that's what he's trying to do yeah he is and i mean they're they're neck and neck with each other i mean realistically it's whoever you know uh but i have patricio right
0: now i think it'll be for a while yeah gonna have to you know for right now what he's accomplished everything it's insane it's insane Uh, and he only, the only the only time he's lost, uh, I guess one time he lost. It was outside, It was in the tournament. But every other time was in a championship fight against you know the yes. best that they had. So
2: yeah. who else? What else? All right, from Zach uh, Dzigniki, <laughs> Rus- Russian name. Uh, Say that again. Say that again. No, thank you. Do, do they not?
1: <laughs> do they not teach you how to read in Scotland?
2: <laughs> but you, can you try and read this last name? Z D Z I N. Okay, good. Yeah, right no. Uh, he asks, "What's one of the uh, what's one fight that you guys absolutely need to see this year?"
1: Uh, well, there's a couple fights.
2: For me, it's I
1: absolutely need to see the Khabib and Tony fight. It needs to happen. You know, yep. I'm hoping that I it happens. That. I hope it gets there. I think that the expectations has been for so long. Uh, Khabib, you know, with uh, the it basically like being so dehydrated, not being able to make the fight, and then Tony tearing his knee, you know, at a, on a cable at a fucking presser or whatever not even a presser in a radio interview or tv interview some media
0: the media and, day, yeah man.
1: and it was the week of the fight just so random um five times yeah unbelievable has gone down. unbelievable so that fight to me four or five. for sure I, I need to see that fight um i think outside of that i mean there's not really much else i mean i i really am seeing all the fights um, that I need to see right now. I mean, for me, if it was in the Bellator side, you know, I don't know, man. I really just want to see Patricio in the finals. And, I, and I'm not looking past Pedro Cavallo. I really like him. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's got all the tools to beat Patricio. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think he's got all the tools to do it. Um, But I, uh, I think Patricio and AJ McKee or Patricio... You know, Darian Darian looked good, but I just that doesn't excite me as much as the AJ McKee and, and Patricio fight. Young, new, fresh blood you know versus the the old grizzled
0: veteran the, the champ champ and damn you're making Darian that old no not Darien I'm Come talking about Patricio
1: Patricio yeah, and AJ Yeah but I mean
0: you're saying you're saying the young guy that kind of puts Darian that he's the old guy Yeah know? AJ but Yeah you're right yeah, young yeah. guy gets the, the the grizzled champion okay yeah, I, yeah. I, I like
1: that Yeah I mean to me that I I, I want to see I want to see that fight
0: I really do want to
1: see that fight So if that a fight that needs to happen in the Bellator side it would be that fight I think I can't think of another fight that really needs to happen on on our side right now here, and I'm going to just blow... Some of you guys probably don't know them because they're mainly UK fighters, but to me, the fight that needs to happen is Van Stinas versus Fabian Edwards. That That's fight, happening. That fight needs to happen. That it's fight happen. needs to happen. It needs to happen Uh, whenever the next... I think the London card or maybe right shortly after whatever the next UK series is. That fight needs to happen. Those two guys are phenomenal athletes, and they're, that fight to me is... It, it, kind of gets me, you know, a little excited. It <laughs> gets me excited. That's the fight that excites little. me. Both of them are very good on the feet. Both of them, um, you know, Fabian's more of an anti-grappler, and Vastinas is very good on the ground as well as good on the feet. I just like to see those two camps collide. You know, you got the Gegard-Musassi camp, you know, and, and Fabian Edwards camp with, uh, you know, with Leon and those guys. I mean, I'm excited to see that fight. Getting hot now, huh? Huh?
0: stripping down stripping yeah, down boom getting,
1: getting hot now baby getting hot yeah, it's turning right. up in here <laughs> it's turning up uh what fights are, what about you john
0: i tell you in ufc i think you you hit hit the nail on the head with Khabib and tony has to happen has to happen you know it's cuz it's been so many times that that thing has been set and scheduled and they're ready and something happens bad weight cut tripping on cords whatever so that's a big one. I would say the other one that's got to happen just because of the, the back and forth and just the skill set of both Adesanya and John Jones has to happen. I got to see that one. I would love to see that fight. You know, now I'm not sure about, you know, what's going to happen with it, you know, based upon certain elements, but they've had a lot of chipping going back and forth. I would really like to see that fight Bellator side. Wow, there's a couple that I think, you know, really have to happen. Uh, I really would love to see, I want to see Tokov fight Gegard Mousasi. If Gegard wins the title, I want to see Tokoff fight Gegard Mousasi. I think that would be an actually really good fight. I think it would be fun to watch and uh, exciting. Mm -hmm. So that's a good one for me. Okay. And and honestly, they're doing the the one that I the other one I would like to see is going to be happening, and that's Bader versus Nemkov. I yeah. think it's a really good matchup. It's going to be a good fight.
1: Yeah, that's that to me is exciting as well. Yeah, Nemkov is oh boy, oh he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's big. He's good. He's physically strong all the way around. Bader's going to have his hands full. That's going to be a, that's going to be a tough tough fight for him. On um, anything else. Next question,
2: Let's go. <clears throat> Nimbo Nico asks least favorite fighters you've ever refed. That one's for John. No, uh, really. <laughs> and then, uh, what do you miss about the octagon? Is there anything you miss about being a pro fighter? For Josh,
1: go ahead, John.
0: Man, least favorite fighter. I don't think there's a least favorite fighter, and it's not something I even think about. Yeah. Never even considered. You know, a lot of people thought that you know I hated Tank Abbott. Yeah, didn't. Liked him, had a good time. Tim did a lot of stuff with him. Was so, it, uh to make it a bit that,
2: easier was was there was there ever like a fighter that just made your job
0: really difficult in the octagon? They all make my job difficult, man. <laughs> no, yeah, there are guys. There's guys that um, what they do is they they push the the line of being fair and not being following the rules or just trying to cross the line on it let's go john give us, <laughs> give
1: us you names give us names john
0: <laughs> i want names give us give names us. Chael Sutton was one I, uh, but I i always enjoyed you know uh refereeing him he, he was fun you know but you know jail he would do stuff with his head but he was always he was he never crossed the line so he was it was easy to say oh he hasn't done it you know i would say if there's a the one thing i hate is i hate when fighters try to use you as the excuse and that's you know chael has done that but he's done it off of you know trying to get a, a, a fight back and, you know it's kind of funny when uh he lost to tito and then he came out probably about a month after and he uh he said he says well he says you know the the honest thing is tito tapped he verbally tapped on the guillotine that i had him and john didn't hear it and s- someone asked me that on twitter and i my my basic thing was well Obviously, Chael listens to a different frequency than the rest of the world, <laughs> you know. And yeah. so then Chael came. Chael came back with the, uh, the uh, you know, hey, John needs to you know stay in his lane. He needs to know his place and stuff like that. And my ma- my I mean my uh, my wife got pissed. She's oh, like, no. what the frick is it, right? And I'm like, don't worry, Chael's a good guy. Don't worry about it, right? Yeah. She goes, no, she's he's saying you missed something. I said he's trying to to get a fight back. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So you know, we go to I go to Hungary and Chael's in Hungary, right? And said, "Hey, you know, how's it going?" Right? And he goes, "Hey, what's up, John?" Say, "This is my wife Elaine. She's pissed at you for what? She, what did I do? What did I do?" Right? And she she says the thing, <laughs> and, and he's like, "Oh, I I didn't mean it like that." And I said, oh, "Hey, just, just do me a favor, man. If if you're gonna say something like this, let call me. Let me know, and I won't I won't say anything in return. Oh, yeah. I'll just let it go. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care." And and I said, "But make it." Freaking, at least believable. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes and he goes. He goes. What do you mean? I said, dude, you said he verbally tapped while you were, you had him in a guillotine choke. How do you talk when you're getting guillotine choke? Tell me. Right. He goes. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, but you will know, get guys. You know, I had a listen, had a problem with. Uh, I guess I had a problem. I didn't know about the problem, but I had a problem with John Jones, uh, because I had bad energy oh god you know and, you know and that that whole thing was based upon i had gone in the back of uh you know you go in the back of. i had done his fight with leota machida he was gonna fight vitor Belfort. i think we were in toronto and uh he had been he had started doing this whole thing you know rashad evans started kind of coming out on his hands and feet, kind of doing the spider crawl thing and then john kind of started cr- copying it and we, we had just had a, a kid in a lower regional. He comes out like that, and a guy just kicks him right in the head. And as, and as soon as the guy throws the kick, the guy's hands come up to defend, but it's not fast enough. He gets knocked out. And, hey, you lost. <laughs> so I, I, I told him, I said, hey, be careful with, you know I've seen you're starting to drag your hand. Your natural inclination is if he throws that kick, that hand's going to come off to protect yourself. Just be smart. If you're going to think about doing it, don't, right? Sure enough, he comes out. He drags his hand, and Vitor launches a kick whoosh, right by his head. And John looks at me like, you know, what are you going to do about that? I said, you wanted to play the game. That's what you yeah. get. You know, and I, I'm being honest. I was, I'm was, i looking at his hand, and as the, I'm seeing as the kick's going right, his hand's coming off. And if he had gotten kicked, it would have been a knockout. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you're just not that bright. So that would be what made him mad at me. And so I guess I'm the bad guy in that one.
1: <laughs> it always works against us. <clears throat> what was the question mm. for me?
0: Uh, what do you miss
2: most about the octagon? Uh, is there anything you miss about being a pro fighter?
1: Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a yeah. really, really good job. And I'm so happy that I'm behind the microphone and talking about all these young, talented guys, you know, and girls that are coming up. It's it's I couldn't ask for a better situation, honestly. When Paul Felder had talked about retiring, I'm like, yeah, you're so good. Thirty, what, thirty four is what we talked about. He's thirty four. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got another two years, you know. And I could understand mm-hmm. he's got a good job. He works behind the mic. He does he does a great job, phenomenal job. But you're never he, for at that age, I would regret it retiring at 36, 37, I mean, 34, 35. Yeah. I would regret it. If once know, so, you know, once those so years are gone, you can't get them back
0: you'll know when it's the time when it's when it's just not fun and it's agony to go in the gym hey it's time figure out something else to do in life but if you if you still enjoy it you still get that rush you're gonna miss it
1: yeah i didn't uh i didn't like going to the gym all the time i didn't love it as like i used to i also i also got to the point where I never questioned my diet. I never questioned the things that I was, you know, like missing out on. But I started questioning them as I got to like 39, 38, 39. I was like, this is not, you know, I mean, I miss you. got to remember when you're a fighter, when you're a professional fighter and you have a fight coming up, you're missing family weddings. You're missing nieces and nephews birthdays. You're missing. Sometimes you're, you're missing your, your significant others, you know, uh, birthday and Valentine's day, whatever it is. You're missing those things. And let me just tell you, that's why I think for fighters it's very hard to have like a significant other. It's also very hard to um, to not ruffle feathers with family members because you're not going to your nieces and nephews' birthdays party. You're missing family weddings. You know, like you're you're you know, there was a couple of occasions I was lucky enough that the the time that we had planned a Paris trip for my grandmother, I had just fought a couple of weeks before that. But I had bought we had bought the fit the ticket for my grandmother, you know. Months and it, six months in advance, but I didn't know I was going to get booked on that fight, and I was like, "Oh, thank God, it was right before it." So it worked out perfectly. But had it been that week, I would have been stuck. There's no way you can never miss an opportunity to make money at that age. You had to fight, had to fight as many and uh, as many times as I could, and as often as I could, to make as much money as I could because I knew not, it was not not gonna, getting a weekly paycheck. No, and I knew the money wasn't going to last forever. You know, and. Uh, when you're done, that's the thing. When you're done, sure, I'm getting paid as an analyst now, but you're still not... I'm it, What I would make in one fight is what I make pretty much for the year being an analyst. And so if I was fighting, there was times where I fought four times in a year. You know, uh, my last... my When I left the UFC and went to Bellator, I want to say I fought four times that year and I made a ton of money. You know, I mean, a lot of money. And it was just like... It was just one of those... It, I got lucky that it was towards the end of my career. I was able to make as much money as I could during that time and put a lot of it away, but it didn't. Wasn't always like that, you know. I went, I went eighteen, eighteen months when I was supposed to fight Gil for the second time. I got injured and broke my uh, my fibula and I had to put a plate with nine screws in it. And I kept rebreaking it above the plate, you know, for eighteen months. And every time the doctor said it was clear, go ahead and go, and I'd kick. Whap, it would break again above the plate. I'd go back to the doctor, back in a walking boot. Three weeks later, he's like, okay, just don't kick for another two weeks. <laughs> two weeks later, started kicking. Whap, broke again. It kept breaking above the initial break. So, Get
0: rid of the plate.
1: Yeah, I I should have. I should have got rid of the plate. But then that would have been, the, the bone would have had to take time. They would have filled it with more bone. But it would have taken yeah. more time for it to heal another, you know, say, three months. And I would have been out. So I, was, I just kept thinking the fastest thing, fastest thing. Just never worked out. Um, what do I miss? I don't miss anything. Uh, I'm happy with exactly what I What about the am.
0: walkout? No. A walkout for Mel with with Gil Melendez. First, second, or third fight. Nope. Never. Rock is crap. Nope.
1: <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't miss any of it. I don't miss, okay. uh, I don't miss the warm-up in the back. You know what? I, I, if I was going to miss one thing, I miss showing up to the arena. And when I showed up, because here's the thing. I always a majority of them, almost all my fights were in the SAP Arena. I show up at that arena. The ushers all know me. The people at the door know me. Like I'm not. I haven't fought in years there. I go to hockey games now there, and the ushers, Josh, can I get a picture. Josh, were you when are you fighting again? You know they're they're all still really big fans i miss those things the casual yeah. fans that for years worked in that arena that went there and watched me fight because they worked there i miss those kind of things that that to me was important and uh that's what i miss if i was gonna miss anything that'd be that um what else
2: all right so robert Hart asks who's the best mma striker you've seen that doesn't need a feel-out process
1: what do you mean a feel-out process
2: doesn't need like a kind of warm up in the cage or whatever, you know. Like doesn't take like a round or so to.
1: I just talked about that kid the other day. That I mean, I I don't know how good he is at MMA, but he's been fighting the MMA. He's two and zero now in, in Bellator. Elias bouled He trains at S B G. He's with John Cavanaugh. He is freaking phenomenal. I and mean, I've I know I've talked about him a lot these last uh, couple days, but. Uh, MMA wise I mean he looked He got taken down He got put He put the guy To his guard He was able to Kind of work For some attacks Didn't have much success well, And the round ended And was back up On his feet For the next round He dominated the fight Outside of that um, And that was only For like maybe A minute on the ground You know In the third round So he is Nasty good On the feet Now if I don't know How he'll do it When we put him Against a wrestler But I'm simply saying They came out Touched hands And it was A kickboxing match From the get go With MMA gloves Phenomenal That's the only guy that I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Well, you can take a look at Bellator has kickboxing also. Especially in Europe, we do kickboxing there. and We've got world champions. And, um, you know, Denise Kielholtz is fighting MMA. In her last fight, take a look at her stand up against a really long, tall girl that just makes her look like an itty-bitty thing. And she just smoked her, man. Beautiful footwork, beautiful movement, heavy shots. Gabriel Varga, two-time Glory world champion, Bellator kickboxing champion, but he's new to MMA. If you're going to say the guy that's got the best striking and has accomplished the most with that striking, I would tell you it's Israel Adesanya.
2: Oh yeah, it, you know. Very true. But let's be
0: honest, man. He's got he's got a an incredible kickboxing background. I I refed him when he was in Glory. You know, I did a world title fight with him, and he's just incredible. As a kickboxer and man, he has been able to just beautifully transition into MMA and keep a lot of the stuff that made him successful in the kickboxing ring with his stand up. He does the same thing in MMA in a lot of situations, not everything, but I would say you're gonna the guy that's done the best, it's him.
1: He's the guy that always – he always picks, like, the guys that everyone knows. Of course you're going to say is your, <laughs> "Is your Adesanya. Come on. Come on, uh, man. know. but he very true. Very true. The guy's freaking absolutely amazing. Yeah. Next question.
2: Uh, from John Dobbs. <clears throat> he asks, hey, guys, great show. Question, what's your opinion concerning the UFC's methods of letting individuals bounce between weight divisions for title shots, sub- subsequently bumping to the – bumping the top three competitors away from the opportunity they deserve. I understand star power power for profit. And he goes on to say something else that's not loaded. But that's the gist of the question. What do
1: I think of that? Let me tell you what I think of it. It's a business, and as a promotion and a business, their objective is to make money. They take the people that are stars, and they allow them to do that. If somebody who wasn't a star wanted to do that, They would tell them to fuck off
0: No, And
1: that's (laughs) what They would tell them to Continue to to win your division And become champion And if the numbers look good We may potentially allow you to do it But until then don't come to us with this garbage And this waste of our time It doesn't make any sense It does for the fighter because the fighter is thinking Hey me 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 Well the promotion doesn't think You 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 They think me 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 as well so yes. what works best for them? And, um, you know, it's uh, it's worked for them. And I, I, think it, I think it will continue to work for them as long as the people that are stars continue to produce great fights. You know, I mean, we, we've been subjected to some shitty fights before. But I think most of the fights that have done where the person has gone up in a way, they've ended up delivering. You know, DJ Dillashaw went down. Sure, it wasn't a great fight, but it still delivered. Henry Sudo got a knockout. Henry Sudo went up, and I think the Marais fight and his fight was fucking absolutely amazing. Uh, Even though Marais lost and Henry won, but it was the way it all played out. There was drama behind it. Sudo got his ass kicked the first round, and he came back and made some adjustments and fucking came back and dominated the fight. Great job. I mean, those fights in the UFC where those guys have done that, they've delivered. Uh, Connor and Eddie Alvarez, delivered. Like every, yeah, every time they've had the opportunity to do that, the fight's delivered, and I think that they've hit the nail on the head when they've done it. And they've done it, and they've chose wisely with the people they've done it with, you know. And we did. I think Bellator's done the same thing. I mean, uh, not so much with sorry, not with Masasi and, and Rory. It was it was no a bad it did fight. not deliver. But the the Chandler <laughs> and the Patricio thing was the buildup was great. The fight could have I think potentially went a little bit longer, but it was a good. I thought to me. When you look at it in slow motion, it was a good stoppage because he was didn't have his was, hands covering all those things. I thought it was a good stoppage. Understandable. Yes, very understandable. Um, But for me, it was because of so much history between Chandler and Patricio and now Patricio and all the drama and Chandler and Patricio calling each other out. I thought that fight was absolutely amazing. And the, when we allowed that to happen, I thought it was a good job. So, might be, I think the Lima fight... And the Gegard fight will be a little bit different than the Rory and Gegard fight. But its I don't know if it's going to be much different. You know, um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little hesitant to say too much. Um, yeah. yeah, who knows? Anyways, what, what all, would you all say? all depends on
0: which Gegard shows up. <clears throat> Very true. Yeah. I, I would say uh, it's exactly what you're saying. It's about, you know, this is a business and the business is about making money. And if you've got someone and really what you're talking about, you can bring up, Henry Cejudo going in a couple of weight classes, but you're talking about Conor. Yeah. And every time that Conor has fought outside of that, you know, 145, he, he bumped up to 155, you know, and uh, he actually bumped to 170. Before that, that's when he lost to Diaz. And you look at the numbers that fight did, and, you know, you look at what was happening and how it happened and why, you know, and Aldo pulling, you know, be, having to pull out and everything – just uh he's always delivered he delivered the second time that he fought nate you know that was a that was a great fight by both guys a lot of heart shown and that's what this is about it's about making stars you know everyone looks at it's the promotion's job you know to promote you and to build you and it is but it's also your job as the fighter and you do that by having an interesting personality being someone that people want to hear from and putting on great fights you do that you're going to have a promotion that's going to get behind you and and pump you and that's it's you know there's synergy to it you've got to have you got you can't think that it's all going to come from this side you've got to put in just as much as you want from
2: them very true next question Carlo123 asks, what's the best way to prevent injuries for amateurs and pro fighters? You
1: guys, if you guys have a, <clears> a <throat> handle, please make easy names like that so Dave can pronounce it. Carlo123, <laughs> very good job. Very nice. Thank you, Carlo123. Nice, Carlo, yes. Thank you. Okay, what was the question? <laughs> oh,
2: my God. Are you going to remember it this time? Yeah, CTE. <laughs> um, Best way to prevent injuries for amateurs and pro fighters? Question mark.
1: Uh, i mean realistically like spend more time drilling than sparring hard i mean that's the only thing i can think of i mean look not everything needs to be 110 percent. spend more time slowing down and learning the technique and the drills techniques yeah the techniques spend time drilling the technique with with someone you flow well with i think that's really important as well as don't look to, to for your cardio just strictly in like hard sparring or hard grappling because that's how injuries happen. Especially as you get tired, you know, mistakes happen. You slip sometimes, you know. Um, if the mat gets real sweaty and you slip and you tear your knee, hurt your hip, whatever it is, things like that can happen. Um, I mean, there was a couple of occasions where I double leg someone. I was tired, exhausted. <clears throat> it was back in the Frank Shamrock days at AK, and I was getting tired and I was all sweaty and. I double legged the guy and I slipped, and as I slipped, he went down. His head hit off the can off the off the mat, and bounced back up and split my lip wide open. You know, and right from that bout, ba- and my tooth came all the way through. I literally had fourteen stitches, four stitches on the inside, fourteen stitches on the outside. You know, I mean, those type of things happen, but I should have never been grappling that that match. And it was, I was already kind of like sweaty. I was done. I was like done because that was our last round. And then I went and did that anyways. It's just one of those things where, be smart. There's always tomorrow. When you're fresh, you don't need to do that. It's always nice to say, "Oh, I did one extra round, did two extra rounds." Yeah, but do it with someone that you can flow with. Don't always you don't always have to go super hard. If you're gonna go super hard on something, go hard on your sprints. You know, at the track, go hard on your, you know, on your conditioning, your cardio, your workouts, whatever those things are. Go hard on those things. You know, on your strength and conditioning. Don't have to always go super hard inside the gym with someone you're training with. You know, flow, drill, work on the techniques.
0: I would say work on techniques is the major thing. Mm-hmm. You have got to always be learning. If you want to get better, you need to continually learn new things, new ways of doing something, new ways of creating problems for somebody else. So that is called smart training the other thing if you're especially talking with amateurs don't get into this i lose a lot of weight a lot of amateur fights and weigh-ins are day of you're getting a day of weigh-in you're going to fight that same day don't get into this thing where i got to be the bigger stronger guy go in close to your normal weight you're going to feel better you're going to fight better and you're going to be healthier and that's going to help you in sustaining your career and moving forward
1: we just talked about that there was three knuckleheads on the bellator card in ireland where bellator does this thing like you you're gonna we're gonna say you're a 55 pound
0: contracted
1: contracted weight we will go ahead and submit the the fact that you are someone who fights for us at 155 but you're gonna contract the weight at 160 there's no reason to cut the extra five pounds we know you're a 55 pounder We've seen you from before in your past fights. We've seen you make the weight. We know you can do it. You'll be at 160 for a contracted weight. No reason to struggle. Well, guess what? Those three knuckleheads missed weight, and they got on the scale, and they hit their purse. Dumb. Just dumb. Dumb. Like John's saying, why put your body through that, especially if you're an amateur where you do same-day weigh-ins? Just ridiculous. It's not even worth it. I wouldn't even recommend cutting five pounds. Because you weigh in the same day. Just whatever you woke up that morning. What to your weight. That's what your weight class is. Um, yeah, that's smart. Good. Next one.
2: <clears throat> next question is from Boston Chris. Bear with me here. Um, who do you want to... I've been to
1: bearing see- with you for years, oh, bro. Oh, fuck
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Can we just fucking do John the rest of the night on the show? <laughs> let's
1: go. Let's go.
2: Um, Boston Chris asks, <laughs> who do you want to see Kobe Covington fight next? Uh, while waiting for the winner of George and Usman. I don't think anyone in that division has a chance of beating him other than the champ, obviously. I just want to see that rematch so bad. That fight was amazing. Uh, And from watching the first fight, I definitely see Kobe winning the rematch. I think Usman will embarrass George. I think the question in there is, who do you want to see Kobe fight while he waits for the title shot?
1: I mean, I I don't, the only other guy I would really want to see him fight would be George. George. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's the one I wanted to see him yeah. fight,
1: though. So. Um, I guess I mean realistically, I guess I could say Nate. You know, I mean, just because of the submission wise, there's a chance there. He, I, he mean, for sure outstrike him. You know, there's, there's that in there. Um, who is fighting uh, T Wood right now? Leon, Leon Edwards. Edwards. Leon Edwards. Leon
0: Edwards. I would love to see that. Fight.
1: That to me would be a fucking great fight. If, if yep. Leon's able to get past T Wood. I would like to see Leon Edwards fight him. Yep, you know, and I I don't think Colby beats him. I don't think Colby can beat him. I think Leon, yeah, I think I think if Leon gets past T Wood, because stylistically T Wood poses some threats to Leon, <clears throat> but T Wood, but Colby doesn't.
0: Yeah, I know you're friends with T Wood. Yeah. I think that's a that's not a good fight for.
1: T-Wood. No, I don't think it's a good fight for him either. But I do think there's some chances in there for him to win. I also oh, there's
0: chances absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's... and I also think though too that we're gonna see a little bit different of a T Wood than we have seen his last two or th- his last two fights because he's just someone now. I think I feel like he's more refocused after all the talk about you know the money problems. You know, spent all his money on trying to get his rap career going. Other shit, dumb stuff. But I think you know him spending time in it at Mike Swick's, a.k.a. down there in Thailand, getting refocused, getting you know back into the grind, and then coming back home, getting into a full camp. I feel like we're going to see a rejuvenated and a refocused T. Wood, and uh, that's a dangerous person. He's a very dangerous person. I think Leon Edwards is a really bad matchup for him, and I tip my hat to both guys, yep. but T. Wood does pose some threats to him, the speed, the wrestling, the agility, all those things that he has but can he do it for the, for, I want to say they're the main event, right? For five rounds. Oh yeah, it's, it's, five in the, rounds. it's in uh, London, correct? Yep. It's in the UK. Um, but that to me, I, I I'm going to favor Leon, even though T wood is my boy, I'm going to favor Leon. Yep. Um, but then after that, I'd like to see Colby fight Leon Edwards.
0: Yeah. The other fight I'd actually like to see Colby in. I'd like to see Colby and Steven Thompson. I, mean, I, I think know. it'd be a fun fight. It'd be interesting. Steven's not easy to take down. You know, you can look at his fights with yeah. you know Tyron. So Colby's gonna end up being on his feet again against a guy who is awkward, different than anybody he's really fought before. I think that would be a fun fight.
1: Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I tip my hat to Steven Thompson, man. He's he's come oh, he's a good. long way since he first started and he's oh, yeah. so good, man. Good. Yep. Worked his style, works for him.
2: Uh next. Uh Jesse Contreras asks if you guys are Dana, would you trust Shevchenko to beat Eli McFarland McFarlane in a cross-promotion fight?
0: If I was Dana?
2: I mean,
1: Shevchenko? I guess if you were Dana oh, Arbic, She's nasty, John, good, man.
0: If you're saying, if, if I was Dana, would I trust Shevchenko to beat McFarlane? Yes, she would be the favorite by far Yeah. in that matchup. No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. You know, she's got a lot more... Uh, Experience a lot more tools right now. You got to figure. Li Malay's what now? Eleven or twelve and zero. Yeah. You know she's doing great, but she she has not had the mm-hmm. ring experience. Yep. The situational uh, mm-hmm. positions and the she hasn't had the level of competition overall in a career. Yeah. That you know, Valentina has had. Valentina yeah. is special, man. She's a. I'm not. You know. I I will tell you skill-wise she is as skilled as any female fighter there is
1: yeah i'd like to think that <clears throat> personally just i'm just off the cusp she to me right now is is in that talk of the pound for pound best mma fighter right now <clears throat> i think she's in that talk she's she deserves she's it. number two maybe number three i mean i mean like i think everyone who's the, who's the, who's number one right now jones <laughs> is what they have? They have uh, Jones no, being no, number Khabib. One. Khabib. Oh, Khabib? Khabib. Okay, and rightfully so. Okay. Jones she's, she's in that conversation, though, of Jones, Khabib. She's in that conversation with those two guys. It's John. It's John? Oh, it John, is John.
0: Khabib's
2: two.
1: Khabib's two, which is ridiculous.
0: Whoa, well, last last time. Okay, go to USA Today. Don't go off of uh, Dana White. the UFC's crap. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go off of an independent and... Khabib is number one.
1: Yeah, he should be number one. I mean, you're, he should be number what one. Was he twenty-eight or twenty-nine and zero? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. No.
0: Come on, man. Twenty-eight.
1: 0. No. And um, I lost count, man. After like 25, 23. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. it's just all bundled together now yeah. into like K. Okay, you're fucking undefeated. That's really what it yeah. comes down to. Um, you know. And here's the thing: I put her in that one-two-three category. You know, she's in there, and sure, she has some losses, but. You got to think about the people that she fought, man. Like Amanda Nunes, uh, Amanda Nunes is super. She's extremely talented, and she's
0: a lot smaller than Amanda Nunes. And she fought. And you you can take a look at those fights. Many people thought she won the title fight. Yep. And when she fought her in the three round fight, if that fight was a championship fight, it was going to be over. Yeah. She was coming on, and Amanda was exhausted. Now Amanda has changed as a fighter, and she's. Way better as far as understanding how to pace herself. Her conditioning's better, all those things. But, you know, her her couple of losses, you know, she had a loss to Liz Carmouche off of a cut that was, you know, sometimes ringside physicians get kind of squeamish with female fighters. It's like, oh my God, they're cut. And it's like, come on, she's a fighter. Stop. You know, they stopped that fight. Okay, I'm not going to say anything. I just did, though. But then she's got the losses to uh, Amanda. And both of those, man, it's not like Amanda got rid of her. She couldn't. Yeah. And she was right there with her the entire time. Very close fights. So she's a stud.
1: Yeah. She's in her natural weight class right now at 125. Yep. All right, next.
2: Ever Lopez asks, uh, how will Bellator fix its lightweight division? Pitbull is uh, is busy with the featherweight Grand Prix. Should they have an interim belt in the meantime, would a lightweight Grand Prix be a good idea? Um, this is
1: what I'm, okay. Um,
2: I know what I would say.
1: I gotta say something. I gotta gotta be careful how
0: I wear this. All right, I'm going to say this. I know nothing. So, (laughs) I think that they should actually have a lightweight Grand Prix. No champion in it. Unlike the other Grand Prix's because Patricio is currently in the featherweight Grand Prix and he's got a ways to go. So, start a lightweight Grand Prix. You got enough guys to do it, and then in the end, the person who comes out on top gets to face Patricio.
1: Uh, I, I can't. I agree with you. <clears throat> I agree with you. Except, except that I think we should do it a little bit differently. I think after this featherweight world grand prix happens, I think we have. I believe. Well, I don't believe. I just think. That we need to do something with the 125 pound women's division. We need to have a women's one. We've had two men's tournament now. We need to have yeah. a women's one. Let's do the 125 pound title. This will
0: be three.
1: Three. So okay. Three, three men. Let's put let's put the women's in there. Let's have them have their tournament time now as well. Okay, and let's uh, let's see who ends up on top and who who fights Lane McFarlane or if we put her in the tournament. I don't know. If that's let them deal with that. Um, after that is done, I say you put. This is just after talking to Patricio, and you can verify this. You put both the Pitbull brothers into a lightweight
0: tournament on opposite ends of the <laughs> bracket. And what did Patricio tell you? He told me straight out. He goes, he says, I think you ought to – if, if I'm going to defend my title, let me defend it against my brother. He says, we fight all the time in the gym. I'll fight him right now. He says, he's not going to win, but I'll fight him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the bottom line is put them at the other ends of the bracket. If they meet in the finals – you're going to have a great fight. I mean, uh, it'd be and, interesting. it would be very interesting. It's not the first,
0: and it's not, in fact, it's not the first time brothers would have fought. In fact, they just had, I believe, in Kansas, they had two brothers that were twins that fought. I go, how do you judge that? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's a mother, man. Oh man, they would have had
1: to have different colored gloves or shorts.
0: You know, like, oh, yeah, hey, you're, in the, you're, you're in the you're the red enough.
1: shorts. You're in the blue. Both shorts. Both going in
0: with black gloves, black shorts. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're, we're screwed. We're screwed,
1: here, man. man. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're. Gonna, I think they should do something with the 125 pound division because we've got we've signed so much new talent that's there. And um, I'd like to see that all come to fruition and see how That's that works good, out. I like that. That and then after that, that gives Patricio time to enjoy him if he does win the championship or you know keeps his championship for the featherweight tournament to go on and defend his uh, lightweight tournament. After that, the other thing as well as I think there's a there has been some talks of a couple of the top uh, lightweight guys potentially you know, making a change, either whether to be the one or that are not happy with the UFC and the way things have kind of been held up with the lightweight division over there. So people have been buzzing and talking about how they, you know, whether they want to test out the free market agency in in one or with Bellator or uh, what's the other one? PFL, you know, right now people are going to the PFL because uh, I don't want to call it easy money, but it's one of those, (laughs) It's, it's, it's never easy. It's never easy. It's never easy. But it's just there's a big jump from the top two guys to the talent level at the you know below that. There's two two, two really talented people and then below that there's a big jump in the talent. So the yeah. same two people end up ending up in the finals pretty much all the time. You know, um, outside of fluke knockouts. Anyways, uh, next one.
2: Uh, Max K asks, uh, hey guys. What's the most vicious knockout you've seen in person? To you in person and to John while refereeing. Come on. Or however you want to say in person.
1: The most vicious one um, that I've seen in person just so happened to be in the gym at AK. Yeah. (laughs) It was very unfortunate. Uh, Trevor Prangley was sparring with this guy named Nate Moore. Extremely talented wrestler. I know Nate Moore. Yeah, Nate Moore. Extremely talented wrestler from Purdue. Wrestled with John Fitch out there. Yeah. Extremely good wrestler slash jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he's very talented. Uh, they were sparring, getting ready for a fight. And Nate circled off, like, in the end of the second round, I believe, circled off right into Trevor's head kick. And hands down and just face planted on the mat and was out cold. I mean a little bit of the arms kind of went stiff and Nate was never the same after that. He went off and yeah. fought he went off and fought a couple more times uh, after that but he lost two and then he ended up fighting uh god what was his name Nate Coy
0: yeah, J- Nathan Coy? Coy. Yeah, Nathan Coy. Nathan Coy. Yeah, he ended up From beating up, up in Oregon.
1: Yep, he ended up beating Nathan Coy. He had, I guess, apparently he had wrestled Nathan Coy in college, and he was able to beat him. But it was like a close, close match, and they kind of had this little thing with each other. They were cool, but it was like one of those things where they always battled with each other. And and the fact that they ended up fighting, and Nate beat him, but it was like before that, Nate was not the same for a little bit. He's a little chinny for a while, and it just never was the same. It goes like that, man. You take so you take a shot like that. Yeah. That was probably they the most walk. brutal knockout that I think I've ever seen,
0: you know, in person. So for me, I mean, which one of the thousand, <laughs> you know, breaking them down, and I can go through a list. You know, Tank Abbott had a couple. He had one against John Matua in UFC six that everyone should remember. Yeah, where he actually headbutted They they clashed heads. It was but headbutts were legal back then, and then he hits him with a right hand and jackhammers him, and he hits the ground, and his head hits the ground, and he is stiff, and his arms are up, so that was a bad one. He folded Steve Nelmark in half, hitting him up against the fence, and so everyone thought Steve Nelmark was dead, you know. But I mean, I've had so many huge knockouts. Rich Franklin knocked out Nate Quarry. in a middleweight championship fight that's been a highlight reel and I feel bad for Nate every time I see it, but it was a bad knockout. You know, I mean, I've had so many of them. It's, uh, you know, crazy. Crazy what uh, occurs, but uh, you, I would tell you that um, one of the hardest shots that I've seen someone get hit with, we were just talking about him, Patricky Pitbull against Mike Chandler. Yeah. Go back to, I can't remember what Bellator was like, eh, it's probably somewhere around bellator 150 something 157 or something but they were in st louis and michael chandler landed a picture perfect right hand that just starched and that's when patricio yep you know mike jumped up on the cage right above patricio and patricio patricio's looking up as like, i would have fucked you yeah. you know and that's kind of started the whole thing because that was the second time that he beat patricky yeah and uh that was a huge knockout, big one. So, I mean, I so many of them. Yeah,
1: next one.
2: <clears throat> uh, this is coming from a nameless person. Um, how do you, uh, oh, that's not the, sorry, this was sent to me a different way because the guy couldn't go on YouTube. Um, Do you guys think that Eddie Hearn and Tyson Fury's representatives could convince Deontay Wilder to pass in a rematch clause with the promise to allow him the first fighter to challenge the winner of Fury, Joshua, for the undisputed, fully unified heavyweight championship? Um,
1: Then it wouldn't be an automatic rematch clause anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it would, I'm not sure,
2: but it would probably void
1: the automatic rematch clause if you decided to decline. So you either have to take it or you
0: don't. One in the hand. Yeah. Or an offer over here that just sounds like, oh, it could be so good. No, mm. you're not going to talk him out of it. That's not going to happen because as soon as he gives up that automatic re- rematch clause, what has he got? He's got nada.
1: It's called dick. He's got dick.
0: Exactly. I was going <laughs> to say that and I was trying to be
1: good. Let me say but it But he's holding
0: you. nothing but dick. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's nothing there. So Eddie Hearn can say what he wants. You know, you got to figure that Tyson Fury's representative now is Bob Arum. Yeah. All right. Eddie represents Anthony Joshua. Eddie's the man that is sitting out there right now holding on to what? Dick. Yeah. Because he's got Anthony Joshua, but he doesn't really have that opponent that can make him that huge fight. They're both over here with Deontay and Tyson. So, yeah, I'm sure Eddie would love to do that. It ain't going to happen.
1: You don't think that fight's going to happen, Tyson Fury and, <clears throat> and Anthony Joshua?
0: Oh, it'll eventually happen, but I think Deontay gets the automatic—he gets that, that rematch clause, so that's going to be where Tyson has to go first. He'll have to do that rematch with Deontay before yeah. that fight with Anthony Joshua can be made.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't think Deontay Wilder should take the fight. I don't think after his performance, and now he's going to change coaches. He's talking about letting him go, and he's he's being serious about it. I I I, I think I hate this. I have I've had a close friend that used to train with us. Um, again, he's going to remain nameless, but he had a loss, and he was like starching people up until then. He had a loss, and all he did was blame Javier Mendez and our coaches and Bob Cook and everybody else. They ended up leaving the gym, never came back, hmm. and. And uh, it just, it bugged me to the, you know, and I talked to him all the time about, not about it, but we had talked about, he just needed to move on for himself, but you can't blame everyone for your losses, man. Like at the end of the day, you got to take responsibility for yourself. There was never, there was never a fight that I went back and been like, you know what? You didn't fucking hold for me enough. You know what? You didn't, you didn't corner me right. No, dude. One of the,
0: one of the best parts of fighting, one of the best parts of wrestling When you step out into the mat, you step onto that cage, hey, you get all the glory and you'll get all the blame. Yep. But you can try to put it off on whatever you want. Most of the time, it's just bullshit.
1: All the glory, all the blame, unless you're Diego Sanchez's coach. (laughs) 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 That dude's getting some blame right now. He's Um, popular,
0: isn't he, man? He's a popular dude. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, Welcome to the big times. Yeah. Next one. Last last one or two more? Uh, how,
1: many, how many how much time you got, John? It's getting kind of late. Forever? For you. Oh, Doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to ask your wife that. <laughs> it's uh, getting late. Dude, dude. She'll text Texas She's gonna text us. Hey, get <laughs> on, get him off the damn fucking thing. All right, let's do it. We'll do a couple more.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh from bike packing in South Africa. Uh, this one pertains. Potentially- South Africa. Yes. Yeah, that's his name. Bike back, back it says bike packing. Bike packing. Is this bike packing?
1: Bikepacking. Bo- mountain biking probably. Bike packing
2: in South, South, uh, South, South America, actually. Sorry. Oh, South, South <laughs> America, that's uh, totally different.
1: You're proving my point that they no. don't teach people how to read in Scotland. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Uh, I, I have a different story for the reason, but I won't tell you right okay. now. Um, he asks, why don't refs accumulate fills? If it's three different fills, they've never grouped together. It always They're always seen as
0: separate. Surely this is wrong. <laughs>
1: Wait,
0: what? Surely it's wrong. He's trying to say that if you have a foul, we'll say you get a guy who does an inside leg kick and, and touches the groin. You know, that's a, that was a foul. We'll say the referee gives him a warning. And then we'll say that he gives him a warning for uh, an the, eye poke and, yeah. then a, and then a warning for the back of the head. Those are three different fouls. Surely those combine for a point deduction. Or grabbing of the fence, or grabbing of the shorts, or whatever you say. Here, here's what people need to consider: if referees took points for every infraction, and that's what you got to think about. When you get stopped by the police, it's an infraction when they write you the ticket. It's not a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. It's an infraction, meaning it's no big deal. Yes, you might have to pay money. Okay, but when you're looking at MMA and the rule set, and the fouls. What you're looking at is the taking of a point is kind of like in the NFL when you have that Hail Mary pass that goes from the five-yard line all the way to the goal line and they call pass interference and they take that ball and they move it all the way down the field and put it down on the one-yard line. That's a huge difference in that game and taking a point is a huge difference when you just freely just take points in an MMA fight I've heard all kinds of things about you know what is it doesn't matter as soon as there's a groin kick there should be a point taken as soon as there's an eye point there should be a groin there should be a point taken be a groin too but this it'll ruin your sport all right what you've got to look at and I want to try to you know give you an idea of you have what we call cause and effect. Okay, was the action that caused, we'll say the inside leg kick. Normally, generally, usually that ends up touching the person's groin based upon, not actually the leg kick going there, it's the guy moves to start to avoid it and changes and comes into his opponent and it comes up and hits him in the groin. So it's based upon two people and two sets of movement. So you're sitting there saying, well, who's at fault? Well, the one guy throwing the technique, but the other guy actually moved his body kind of into the direction of where it's at. So you go by, you know, how, how, how much effect does the foul have in the fight? You're going to see many times people are, you know, they're getting taken down by the fence and the guy grabs the cage. Right? And you, you can hear the referee saying, you know, like go of the And all of a sudden, boom, and he's on his back. And the referee doesn't take a point. He's not taking a point because the fight ended up where it was going to end up. The foul had no impact in the actual fight. And so, yes, he fouled. Yes, he gets warned. But they're not going to take a point for that action because the fight ended up where the one fighter was trying to put it anyways. If you take a point in that situation, now you're you're altering the fight in a way that's just going to start messing it up. Many times you'll hear that you know oh they didn't even give a warning. Referees don't have to give a warning before they take a point. Many times, and I took points for guys grabbing the fence to keep themselves from being taken down, even without a warning. I've given warnings and then taken points. Did it to Tito Ortiz against Rashad Evans. But I've done it where the guy grabs the fence and absolutely changes what was going to be a takedown. And I'll stop it. And I take one point from him because he altered the fight. He had a major effect on where that fight was going to be. So I'm going to take away something for him doing it. But to sit there and say you're going to add things up, it's always what has an actual big impact in the fight is what you start to consider taking points away from someone. If someone hits someone in the groin, like there was um, Ben Rothwell ended up fighting Stefan Struve and had the groin kicks, and the first yeah. one was nasty. I'm telling you right now, do I think he intended to do it? No. But did it have a major impact on Stefan Struve? Yes, I would have taken a point that very first time. There would have been no warning. The, the point would have been taken because you're trying to level the playing fields. Now I have a guy who, this guy fouled, this guy is now down here. I need to try to bring it back to where it's almost as level as I can make it. That's when you take points.
1: Right.
0: Next.
2: <clears throat> uh, Crystal frog asks, so do you guys have any under the radar prospects that have a chance at becoming champ, any weight division you guys chose?
1: You brought up a guy. You said that you said that he wasn't signed. He's over. Was he in Russia?
2: Yep. He, he's,
1: I feel like we shouldn't even talk about him because I want Bellator <laughs> to sign him. Maybe we won't no. talk about him. Uh, look, for me, guys that I think that are uh, talented, that are relatively—I um, mean, I guess not unknown—but to me, I'm I'm a big fan of Van Steenis. I'm a big fan of Fabian Edwards. Sure, they're a little bit more known. But they're still—they're not quite there yet for those title shots. Uh, those guys, uh, that Oliver Encamp kid that we just saw from Sweden—he's good as good. well. He's good. better too. Yeah, he's got to work on his strength, his physical strength a little bit more. Um, but he's really tall, long and lanky. He does a lot of wasted movements. He needs to kind of stop with all this feng shui shit. I don't know what that is, but he was doing that in the in the cage. I'm like, all right, you gotta be careful because you go against someone good. Like, like, I'm just simply saying, like, a, a guy that has kickboxing, like Israel Adesanya, he's going to kick your fucking head off when you go, get into your rhythm and all of a sudden you're ge- decapitated. Um, <clears throat> you Hard know, fight
0: without a head. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's extremely good, but I was kind of impressed with that guy, Soren Bach. He is from Denmark, I believe. Yep. Yeah, he was talented as well. He just was able to kept taking down Terry Brazier, taking him down, mount top position. Didn't get the finish, but Terry's pretty re- uh, resilient. Like those, a couple of those guys, they're in there. You know what I mean? Like they're in there. You got. I just gotta like, in terms, you know, get into them, as far as like leaning into them, see exactly how much better they're gonna get as the competition gets a little bit better. I haven't quite seen that just yet. Uh, outside of the inside the UFC. Well, the only person that, off the top of my head, just to be 100% honest, and everyone knows Islam Makachev, and, and I'm going to say he uh, to me. That was who I was going to
0: say, damn it. Yeah,
1: he's the guy that's going to end up <laughs> potentially taking Khabib's spot um, if Khabib decides to go to 170, which I think he will for one title shot after he beats Tony. Um, but is Khabib's little cousin, Umar. Umar Nomagamedov. So yeah, I think him, he's extremely talented. He's a hard worker. He is fucking really good on the feet. He has a very different style than uh, than Islam and then a different style than than uh, Khabib. He has more of a taekwondo style of stand-up mixed in with a little bit of his wrestling. But the kid is just, he is the kid that sits in front of you and says, like, and I guess maybe because I'm being a little bit of a homer, he's like, He's like, you know, he always tell like, you, hey, show me this, show me that. show. He's just eager to learn. I mean, I want to say he's only 22 years old, 22, 23 years old. He just got signed to the UFC. He'll be making his UFC debut. But he's very much, show me how you did this. Show me how you did that. Like, he did that to me nonstop. Even when I came into the gym to visit and I wasn't even training, you know, he's like, ah, oh, I, remember, I remember this move you did one time and, and I watched a fight. And then he like, can you show me how you do it and how you set it up? young kid talented he's got all the best guys in the gym and every time he sees me or he's always picking my brain and you talked about earlier about you're always trying if you once you stop trying to get better you're just you're gonna just fall away you're done and he doesn't have he just wants to know he wants to absorb as much as he can i think for him he's definitely islam him and I know I'm. I know there's other guys, but oh, honestly, you caught me. Yeah, you caught, there's a bunch of them. You guys are just catching me off guard, but I feel like those are the guys that I feel like we
0: should be keeping an eye out for. Sounds good. It's a good uh, Islam was the guy I was gonna say. Man, if you're gonna look at a guy, that's just a beast. Yeah, he's actually he's way better than people give him credit for too. I mean, it's like he just is a monster. Yeah, that dude can do whatever he wants in a cage. It's he's good. So. I would say, uh, the other guys, you know, I think in Bellator, you got to look for patchy mix. Oh yeah. That kids, kids yeah. freaking good, man. You know, I, you know, it's undefeated still undefeated as an amateur undefeated as a pro. I think that's a total now of 23 fights, you know, he's just good. And then you, you look at, um, <sighs> wow. I don't know. It's tough in a couple of them. You know, they're, they're the, the featherweights you know we, we've been doing the tournament and borch made a mistake against yeah. uh, Caldwell. he's he's gonna come back and he's gonna be very good yeah yeah you know, he's got to learn how to deal with that loss but it's uh it's no big deal you made one mistake learn from it move on yeah. you know, and I think he's gonna actually have just a hell of a career so it'll be fun to watch
1: all right next one Come on, Dave. You, you said two more. I didn't no, have another one. I said couple more. Good, <laughs> ridiculous, more. man. No, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with Patchy Mix. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Now, that's another tournament I think that we could do at 135 pounds. But I do agree. that could. We, I think we should probably do it at 120 or 155 next after the if we did a girls
2: 125
1: pound tournament. Anyways, I, 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 there's there's so many things I think that we could do. Go ahead.
2: Um. Kabir Bariana asks, "What are your thoughts on the um, new proposed MMA gloves, Rashad, Rashad Evans? Previewed on GRE."
0: <laughs> I didn't see them. Uh, they're Trevor Whitman's gloves, I believe. Yeah. Trevor Whitman has been designing gloves, and uh, it's uh, everything's about trying to take that hand. It's, you know, this goes back a long ways, and you know, I, I, I have so many glove stories of you know how the gloves came about in the UFC, but. John Iwano was the only one when when the Fertittas bought the UFC, you know they asked me they said you know who who were we doing gloves with and stuff and I said well this is the glove we've been using we want to get someone that you know it's going to make gloves for us and stuff so I, I I kind of tried to help him and went out and he went to Harbinger and Century because you know Century had the Chuck Norris gloves and then the only guy that responded to me was John Iwano he says I'll make the gloves right he starts making gloves he made at ufc gloves for a long time until century came back it says we'll give you a bigger thing and so they took the century but those century gloves are like a freaking piece of plywood they're straight and you know it makes it you actually have to work to close your yeah. hand comparative to work to open your hand and we need a glove that is going to have you know, you don't have to be able to splay your fingers to be able to mm-hmm. grab your fingers can be in this position Now, we're always going to have to have open gloves because we do grapple, and that is important. But, you know, that curving of the glove, if you can make it where it naturally is curved to put your hand in it, now you've got to try to force it open. More people are going to be having their hands in a curved position, and it should help with eye pokes. And so anything that someone comes up with that is in that style that is going to help in possibly taking away the splayed finger Mm -hmm. thing away, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea.
1: We got away from the Everlast gloves in Bellator, yeah, and they had the, they had the curved.
0: curved and there yep. was a
1: lot of knockouts with those gloves. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've, no, I've noticed that. I, I really, actually, the ones, the gloves that I liked the most were the uh, strike force ones. Fairtex. Yeah, the Fairtex ones because they 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 didn't have a big padding on them. They had a bigger wrist, not a big padding, but.
0: They were sleeker. They were sleeker. They yeah. actually they 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 didn't have this this big pad over the back of the hand. No, and it the, was narrowed down. And the submissions
1: the submissions were a lot like you saw a lot more of the attacks with the submissions with them, and it just seemed like it flowed easier to get underneath the chin, either you know, like for rear nakeds. Uh, it yeah. just I felt like they were amazing. I love I wish we would bring those back. Those were my favorite gloves. Um, I'm not trying to be biased either because I had a lot of success in them. But it just—I really, honestly—I put the—I put the UFC gloves on. There felt so bulky, you know. And even—even even the Pride gloves, I had those. Those are good. Those were good gloves too, because they—the blue ones—they were shaped with that a little bit of that. Yeah, they—they they shaped with that curve. They shaped with yep. that curve, and then they had the elastic thumb, so it never came off, you know. Um, that. Those like Kiefer Crosby when he fought this last weekend, and uh, against uh, Fortato. He kept fucking around with his gloves because his fingers kept coming out and I was like, fuck, I was like, what the, yeah, he had to, he had to like adjust it like his, it slid up to the tip of his finger. So I don't yeah. know if he wrapped his hand too much, you know, and you get too much gauze, it kind of pushes the glove forward a little bit and can't get it over that gauze. And so I don't know if that's what, that's what the problem was, but. Yeah, he had he had some issues with the glove as well. So, but I really do like. it. I went back to the old uh, Fairtex ones, or not Fairtex, yeah Fairtex ones, and the the Everlast ones. So those two are, yeah. I think, are my two favorite ones to be honest. Okay, one more. That's our last one.
2: Um. Well, as an expert, as an expert, I'd say that's his name. Well, as an expert, I'd say asks, do you think that since Shrine Hall. Quote, Can't get a fight lately. He should fight Kron Gracie just to get his name out there. It's a match made in heaven for grappling, and Hall still may rise in the rankings. That's the only fight I want to fucking see him fight. I don't give a shit about him fighting anybody
1: else. He's like, oh, none of the top six and ten guys want to fight me. Fight Kron, man. Yeah, let's yeah. see it. Let's see it. Let's see exactly how fucking good you are on the ground. I don't think he has a damn chance.
0: Oh, he's good on the gr- like. He's good on the ground. No, he is. Ryan Hall I've, I've is
1: trained good. with him before.
0: Yeah. I, Ryan's good on the ground. Crone is special on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, that's one, you know, I doubt that Crohn has turned that fight down. So since Ryan yeah. keeps on saying that everyone's turning him down, I don't think Crone has turned that fight down. Uh, it's Crone in that that's a good matchup. It would be a but you know, it's the same as they put one of the fights you know i did that I, I really want you know it's those some sometimes there's fights when you you're going to the show you know what the fights are and you're going i want that fight i don't want that fight yeah you know <laughs> and it's uh but one of the fights i always wanted they were putting damian maya and gunner nelson together and i wanted that fight and i got it and i was like oh yeah cuz i just wanted to be close and see yeah. everything right and, you know and see how they set things up and you know, those kind of fights are important. It's great to see two really good, you know, world-class grapplers Yeah. in an MMA fight to see what they'll do. That's really cool. I would love to see that one.
1: Yeah, that's. I I said this. How many months ago did I say that? I said, that's yeah, the, that's the remember fight. You... I, right after Cub fought Krohn and he beat him, I was like, that's the, the fight I want to see is Krohn and Ryan Hall. You know? Because yeah. I want to say that Kenny Florian put out this thing that Saying, you know, anybody, yeah, anybody at 145 that. pounds, we'll take him on. We'll do this, we'll do that, we'll fight whatever. And I'm like, bro. Well,
0: Kenny had put out the thing, that the people that could beat Khabib and, and
1: Ryan. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I want to see him fight Crone I, I don't understand why they ha- why the UFC hasn't jumped all over that. Maybe something's going on with Krohn. He's, yeah, been, he's been I a little know. quiet also, too, on the social. Well, he's never been on the social media platform. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of there, but no, doesn't ever do anything on it. Um, yeah, that's the. I think honestly, that's the fight to make to me. Honestly, um, a good one. Anything else?
2: No. Nope. You can do one more if you want. One more.
1: I know. I keep dragging it. Sorry, John. One more. This I'm one, addicted to this. I like this. This we're one's good. probably
2: a bit more for John. Anyway, um, Dana Walters asks, uh, "I think it was the second round that Felder landed a significant leg kick, which sent Hooker to the ground. Why was that not considered a knockdown, and are leg kicks omitted from ever being a knockdown?" Thanks.
0: Leg kicks are not always limited uh, to not being a knockdown in kickboxing. What you're looking for is if you have someone that gets kicked with a leg kick and it sweeps the leg out, it's not going to be considered a knockdown. They're going to allow the fighter to get back. They're going sit, to sit, They're going to. You're going to see the referee take their hands and put their hands like that, saying "slip," and then have the fighter get up. But if the fighter will say gets hit with that leg kick and they kind of stumble and they go down based upon the inability to now use the leg the referee can call that as a knockdown so and and you've seen that in MMA at times where fighters have actually been leg kicked to the point they can't stand up Eddie Alvarez when he first came over to the UFC fights Donald Cerrone you know and uh Cerrone leg kicked him to death to the point where Eddie could hardly stand up and we've actually stopped fights based upon the fighter not being able to stand up on their legs. And it's a knockout. Okay. I know that sounds weird because he's not unconscious. It's his leg. But it's still considered a knockout. Same as a body shot, you know, either by a kick, knee, or by a punch. That's a knockout if the fight, gets stopped off of that blow. So it, it is possible. But most of the time when someone gets their leg kicked out like Douglas Lima, kick the leg of Michael Venom Page out swept it out and his leg goes out and he falls to the ground that wouldn't be considered a knockdown that's a leg kick that swept the leg out put him to the ground but he ended up then knocking him out with the right hand as he got up
1: yes he did you
0: know, which was beautiful so the the kick itself was it, that was more of and many times you're going to get kicks where a guy kicks while he's kicking and being off balance they're going to hit yeah. the ground it's not considered a knockdown blow
1: it would only be i think considered a knockdown or yeah knockdown if from the damage of the kick basically Yeah. like if the dave you can see that the damage is there to the point where the guy has to sit down on his butt cuz he can't stand on or put weight on it that would that's be considered a knockdown
0: yep that's a damaging blow and that's going to going to do very well for you in the fight
1: All right, guys. Hey, I want to thank you guys for all your guys' fan questions. Uh, Please hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up as well. Share our videos, content, all that stuff. Also, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Official. Use the the promo code MADNESS, and you'll get 20% off of our Weighing In t-shirts. Check them out. They're awesome. They're cool. Okay. And everyone
0: will think you are so intelligent by wearing it.
1: Yes, yes. Until, at least I will. Until they realize that Pod- Podcast Dave is our producer, they're gonna... like. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture of yourself wearing the shirt. Tweet us uh, the picture or IG us the picture, and we'll repost for you. We appreciate all the support you guys. Follow us on Instagram uh, and Twitter at the Real Punk John McCarthy MMA Podcast Dave, Bingo. and we thank you guys uh, for uh, your guys's questions, and we thank you guys for following us. Truly appreciate it. Share our content. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.